Hola, and welcome to La Receta, a podcast that highlights the hidden stories of Latinx talent across different industries, used to create awareness and inspire the next generation. I'm your host, Miguel Lopez Ixta. Today we will be talking with Christian Manessa Zurita, a close friend of mine who has just recently entered the finance industry. Hola, buenas tardes. Mi nombre es Miguel López Ixta y bienvenidos a La Receta. Um, hoy en La Receta este, estoy con uno de mis amigos um, que lo he conocido desde... I want to say at the beginning of college, um, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Christian, Manessa Surita, and uh, I'm here with my friend, Miguel. <laughs> cool. Este, yeah, so this is the first ever episode I'm having uh, for La Receta, so you're the first person that I have on the podcast. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all, man. No pressure. He said no cap. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, uh, so, you know, like the beginning of La Receta, um, you know, the whole goal was, you know, to try and like elevate and like highlight like these untold stories of, you know, some of the Latinx, um, professionals, um, in different industries that, you know, that their, their story doesn't get like a ton of attention. Um, and so I decided that, you know, Christian has like, you know, he's a really inspiring story and. So, you know, like, so unique, but also, like, a lot of, like, other, like, Latinos can relate. Um, so, I think to start, um, just want to talk about, like, you know, like, your current job, you know, like, what kind of hobbies you do, and, you know, like, where'd you graduated from, like, where'd you go to school? Oh, no, definitely. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, so I'm currently working at Kindercare as a billing specialist. I So, it was a couple things that I like to do. I love to play soccer. Hmm. Uh, I like Don't get mad. <laughs> ah, you know, I'm a defender, bro. Try me. <laughs> uh, I love to work out. Um, I like to do, you know, I'm more of like that kind of person that's free flow. I do things spontaneous. I don't like mm. to plan things. So, you know, I'm down to go to the beach whenever I go to, you know. I feel like I like doing that too, though. Exactly. I kind of hate like having like a calendar, like I do this, do that, yeah, do that. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm doing it on my own time. Yeah, exactly. When I have time or, you know, you never know, like things happen. Like, I think that's how life in general is. You never know um, what's going, what's going to happen next. So I usually just leave it open. If I'm open, I'm down to so do anything. Hit them up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm open usually. Um, And then, so where'd you go to school? So I graduated from George Fox. Um, yep, here in Newburgh, here in Oregon. So yeah, it's a, so for a lot of you guys that don't know George Fox, um, it's a small Christian school, um, private Christian school in Newburgh, Oregon. It's like forty minutes away from Portland, depending on traffic. Exactly. Yeah, um, it could be longer or shorter. So yeah, it's a really small school, but yeah, that's I actually went to George Fox as well. So that's where I met Christian. Um, I kind of want to start at the beginning, you know. Tell me about your parents, you know, like, where are they from, you yeah. know? Yeah, definitely. So, my both my parents actually met here in the States. Uh, they met in Portland in, like, apartment complex laundry room. 
But before they met there, though, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, one of those late night laundry. laundry. <laughs> I was like, Dad, I, I always make fun of my dad. I'm like, hey, Dad, did my mom teach you how to do your laundry? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, definitely. But um, my dad is from actually it's really the smallest state in Mexico, Tlaxcala. Tlaxcala. Yeah. And then my mom's from Oaxaca. So very small town very small town, um, Santa Maria. Both of them decided to come to the States at a very early age, like in her early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom had to, she just wanted to come here to make money, yeah. um, help back. Just like a lot of the stories here. It's just yeah. like there was no opportunities there. Yeah. Um, they thought the best opportunity for themselves and to help them help their families back home <clears> would <throat> be to go to the States. Yeah. So that's and I, what, and I can definitely relate to that. You know, like my dad, like you know, yeah, he came up here just for the whole, you know, just the purpose of like making money and sending yeah. it back. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, that was from my mom. My mom is the like middle child of like eight. Um, my dad's a little bit different. He was the youngest uh, out of eleven. 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 Holy cow! That's what I'm saying. Oh, very. Uh-huh. So he he was like. The last one, he was getting education. Like, you know, a lot of things were given to him uh-huh. because he was the last one. But at the same time, like, his siblings kind of pushed him to be like, hey, if you want to go to education, it's like, we're not going to help you out. Yeah. Don't expect our parents to give you money. Like, if you're going to do it. And my dad, being my dad, he's like, all right, then I'll go to the States. Like, I'm going to prove you guys that I can work <clears> and <throat> I can provide for myself. Do you happen to know, like, what your parents did when, you know, they came here to start working? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, my mom and my dad both started in California. Ah, uh, okay. So, they started, you know, field work, bro. Yeah, That was the first thing, like, yeah. that was the easiest for them, and I was like... Is the fresa or what? I think so, I believe so, but yeah. both of them then ended in Oregon. Um, at all the places that could be Oregon was usually again like a lot of them would go up for the season yeah, after the season yeah. over yeah yeah would go here for this especially for the berry season yeah for berry season or the pinos location yeah for the, for the Christmas trees so after they met like they didn't go back to Mexico they like stayed here they stayed here because like you know my dad had his goal of like you know going back to school that's what he yeah. wanted to do he wanted to get an education. And so, like, growing up, like, because I know back then Portland yeah. was a lot different, right? No, definitely. How was it growing up, you know, like, in North Portland? And, like... Yeah. So, my earliest memories were around when I was two to three. We actually lived with an older couple from ah, okay. Cuba, oh, actually. Cuba. The Cuba. So, they were really good friends with my parents. Mm-hmm. And they allowed them to, like, stay in their house in North Portland. My memories is just, like... Everything, holidays, birthday parties, like anniversary, todo, bro. It was parties all the parties, time. Parties, parties. Parties, parties. It was just like, party. Yeah, <laughs> dude. All my memories, like, just looking back, it's just always having fun, always talking, always out in the sun. It was always, like, I felt like it was always summer. Mm. All my memories were just outside, being outside, talking. Yeah. Um, but North Portland back then used to be not what it is now, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um I used to remember going, walking down the streets and all the stores were, had bars up. Like, mm. you know, it was back then it used to be a rough area. Um, and I remember it like, like it was yesterday. Like I used to remember like going down, down the streets with my mom to sell tamales. Uh-huh. Um, and I used to, I used to, I like can literally remember all these ho- homes were like not in the best shape. Yeah. And now that I go back to those that same neighborhood, 
it's different it's different which is crazy right because um because this is like this area used to not be so nice like it used to not be the place that people want to go and shop take their kids yeah. have fun and you see for like one side you know like yeah it might be like more safe and like, yeah. you know, it's different but also at the same time like these changes have been p- pushing like people of color out of those neighborhoods exactly right? portland Definitely. Which is just a whole different issue. That yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. So for elementary, so actually, like it was, it was, a, it was a tough period. I think for me because I had to adjust again. Yeah, like it was hard for me to. Were like, you ever in um, ESL? Our, ESL. I was in yeah, ESL in, too. Yes, I was. ESL. Um, yeah. Which is good and bad for me because it's more of like you have to learn English. Like that's it. Like yeah, not that bilingual stuff. Not the bilingual stuff. I. It was a struggle. Elementary was a struggle with me. I was always behind mm. what my reading level was supposed to be. Yeah. Um. I was always like great behind. Um. The things that I did excel were mathematics. Like I remember math. That was the only thing like I was proud of and the only thing I was really good at. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. Everything else, reading, writing, was always a struggle. Yeah, reading, writing. Um, Till this day. Till this Til day. Till this day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um. But something that I really want to work on. Because I know that with that, it builds my confidence. Uh-huh. Um, I always knew there was something different about me just because, you know, I still was able to speak Spanish. Because one of the things was that at home, it's always a rule that we could only speak Spanish. Uh-huh. But it was always a struggle because if I wanted to get better, I needed to speak Spanish, English mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Um, so it was one of those things that... I wanted to improve. I wanted to be part of, mm. you know, the majority, which was white. So I had to speak good English, you know, don't have an accent. And it, in the in the bad way, like, it allowed me, because I really did struggle in middle school. Like, I didn't, you know, again, like, I wasn't focused on doing my homework. I was mm. focused on having fun. But in high school, it, it all changed where I went to a charter school. So it's so a leadership and entrepreneurship public mm-hmm. charter high school. And... Allowing myself to remove myself from all my friends and all those people from middle school. Yeah. And starting fresh. Mm. Um, and I was very reserved. I was very quiet. Mm. But it helped me to really focus on my like homework, doing my homework. It helped me do really well. Why was it that you decided to apply to leap and not just go you know, yeah. to like um, high schools your friends were going yeah, to? Yeah, so one of the things that really caught my <coughs> attention was your junior year. They actually help you get internship. Mm. Your junior, it's a in high school. In high school. Oh dang! So it was a requirement, and like, so it was one of those things that they kind of like, hey, like, we will help you get internships at like Adidas, like Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I was at that time I started really liking soccer. Mm. Uh, so my passion, I was like, oh, that'd be so cool to get like an internship at like Timbers, you know, Timbers or, or Adidas. Yeah. Um, so. That's one of the things that kind of like intrigued me, and I was like, "Wow!" Like, but at the same time, during that time, I knew that I was I wasn't really good, and my dad pointed it out to me, like straight up. He talked to me one day, and he's like, "Hey, like, to sum it up, he's like, you got to get your shit together." Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, "I don't want you to be a failure. Like, I've worked too hard. Your mm-hmm. mom worked too hard for you to just slack off and mm-hmm. not really focus." And I think it's just one of those things that it kind of like like turned on a switch for me mm. and i really had to really focus yeah and the rest is history man <laughs> pretty <laughs> much 
um, I did good. I mean, being valedictorian, mm. you know. And to think that, you know, like just a few years back when you're in elementary, yeah. like you were struggling, you know. Yeah. You were even taking like special classes, yeah. you know, like to better like your English. Yeah. And now you're like valedictorian. Like what was that feeling like, you know, like when you're up there on the stage, like talking to your class, yeah. like that is crazy, bro. It was crazy. And I am like, <laughs> I look at it like I can't like right now, like. And you also played sports in high school. Yeah, right? I was. I played sports. Competitive like, sports. Yeah. Right? So now even just talking to you about it, it's just like one of those things like. I remember standing up there. I was just like nervous as hell. I was like, I can't believe it. Like, oh my word, <laughs> you know. Uh, just seeing my parents, like, dang, that's right crazy. there, like it was crazy. Like, seeing that I was like, I can almost like picture it, like you know, you know, addressing my classmates. Do you remember like anything that you said to your classmates? Uh, you know, I told them like, I gave them some advice. If you do, you know. but like what. I took the time to really address like my little brother in that mm. time. I didn't want him to feel that he had to live up to my expectations. Yeah. And I knew that he looked up to me uh -huh. and I took some time to tell him that although I am and I, and I achieved a lot, that his journey can be different. Yeah. And, and everyone's is, right? Everyone's exactly. Is. And I told him, don't compare myself to you. Yeah. I knew that I needed to say something mm. there, up there. Thanks. So, <clears throat> like, what was it like, you know, like, after you graduated, you're like, did you know what you were, like, that you wanted to go to college? Did you know, like, how was, like, everything, yeah, like, transitioning, you know, like, the process yeah. of, like, Yeah, like, no, college? definitely. No, the process, it started early. Um, it started junior year because um, I, I had my good grades. All my teachers were like, hey, what's the next step? Mm -hmm. um, I also was very fortunate to have a mentor who he started guiding me. He's like, hey, I'm gonna get you, get your ACTs up, your scores, because he saw my scores and they weren't the best. He's like, if you think about college, then we gotta start doing it now, mm. my junior year. So the beginning of junior year, I started getting tutored. So I really did appreciate that. So that's one of those moments where it's just like, I was starting to prepare myself. Mm. Um, thinking about like, okay, what do I really want to do? And so my junior year, I did an internship at a law firm. Because ah. that's when I started to really have this passion to seeing my parents and their immigration status mm -hmm. and the struggle that they had. Yeah. Um, going through that, <clears throat> I felt like if I'm going to school, get a college degree, like I want to use, I want to go, go for something that's going to help others, yeah. right? And one of the things I really like came to my mind was to become a lawyer, mm. immigration lawyer, so I can help people like my parents yeah. get papers. Because like for me at that time, I felt like, I don't know, I don't understand why they can't get papers yes. if they're hardworking, they pay taxes. Mm -hmm. um, so senior year, that's when they started the process of like, you know, the deadlines were coming up. FAFSA was the first mm -hmm. thing. FAFSA. OSEC? OSEC, yes, OSEC. Yeah, so definitely, so I remember that. And the biggest <clears throat> one, was the Gates. Oh, the Gates. The Gates. The bittersweet. <laughs> Dude, yeah. it was it was the toughest. Like like I said, like I always struggled with writing. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get it. Like I didn't yeah. even pass the first round. And not and so receiving for, that, it was just like, it was devastating yeah. for me. Um, um, and so for, you know, a lot of the people listening, like the Gates scholarship is, you know, it's a scholarship that gives, uh, you know, students... A full ride yeah. 
to is it any institution in the institution yeah. that they get um accepted to so you know there are a lot of you know students of color and like you know like many people yeah. from unrepresented backgrounds that are banking yeah on the gates scholarship you know and i remember i applied for the gates as well and i didn't get it yeah but i think it like it definitely like shaped my character sure it made me work harder exactly so so my decision was like the simple osu mm-hmm. uo and when i was looking for my third school to apply i didn't want to apply to a lot my dad was kind of like saying go to harvard go to you know apply to that but again like that doubt in myself yeah. and seeing like hey do i do i even have what it what takes, it takes you know? to go and even apply and I think that's one of my biggest regrets of like, mm. you know, holding myself back and planning that doubt myself. Yeah. I should have gone for it. And uh, damn, you would have been, you wouldn't be here sitting. Yeah, here, exactly. <laughs> but, but you know, things sometimes things work for yeah. a reason. Yeah, and things happen for a reason. I think sure. I was meant to go to George Fox. And in that search to like where I was gonna apply to my third school, you know, George Fox came out of nowhere, and I was just like. George Fox and I was like what is it like and I looked at it it was like it was like a small Christian school and I was like Christian school I was like do I really want to go to yeah. like a school that you know is Christian and I was like okay let's go for it like I'll just so that night I just applied mm-hmm. submitted my application everything and then I think OSU came in first mm. and I was like yes like I was so happy like I was like damn like I'm actually got accepted like I was like cool great yeah you know like yeah. I was happy and then I got UO, and like you know, and then finally came George Fox, and I was just like, "Wow, this is crazy. crazy!" You know, huh? I was looking at the financial aid packages, and then that's when I was like noticing like George Fox was not that cheap. Like, yeah, it's a it's private ex- school. It's a private school, and it's expensive. And so when I was talking to my mentor, and he's like, "All right, Christian." If you put money aside, what is the option? What are, which one would you want to go to? And I said, George Fox. He's like, why? And I told him, I was like, I think I, think I just, I will be successful there. Mm. Um, he's like, okay, I have a couple friends that are willing to help you out financially. He's like, but I need you to send them a letter about like, you know, your activities, why you want to go to school and why George Fox. So in that letter, I kind of started opening up a little bit more about like, what are the, my real reasons? And what I brought up was, I started to focus more of like, I'm not going to be doing this for myself only, mm-hmm. but others. If I'm able to become an immigration lawyer, the, mm-hmm. the people that I'm going to impact, the families yeah. I'm going to impact is going to be greater than the impact it's going to have on me. Yeah. And so I think that message kind of resonated with them a lot. And... I got five people to support me. That's crazy. It is crazy because I didn't think that I was going to be able to. So, so you, you didn't bank on any scholarships. You banked on these people that I'd never been yeah, before. Never met you in know, my you life. You wrote them a letter. Wrote them a letter. And they're like, hey, we're going to pay for yeah. the fucking school. Yeah, exactly. It was incredible. And I am, till this day, I'm very grateful for all those five people. That's awesome. Um, cool. So... After you got these people, you know, to say like, hey, we'll pay for yeah. your, your college, people you've never met. You walked your first day on campus at George Fox, you know? What was it like? Like, what did you feel like being on campus? Like, you know, like being a Latino specifically on campus, like how was that like, you know, yeah. that experience of being there? 
Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, be honest, too. To be honest, it was a culture shock. Yeah. It changed me. It challenged me in so many ways that I didn't think it was going to like really impact me the way it did. Mm. Um, obviously, my roommate was white, and it was just a different like feeling where that I wasn't used to. Like, yeah, I thought I could be able to speak English like twenty four seven. But you start was, you start missing home. You start you really do. You start um, missing the, the culture. Yeah, like, the culture, just like the simple of like being able to like you know speak in Spanish, mm-hmm. like. I, I took it for granted. Toda la comida. Yeah, toda la comida. Even los frijoles, no? Yeah. Frijoles <laughs> yeah. con queso, like... The simple yeah. things, you know? And I wasn't prepared, and that caused me to really... A lot of my struggles came from that, you know? Yeah, I can see that. And because back then, George Fox is not what it's not now. Like, yeah. it's changing. It's, it's changing, yeah. It's and a lot I'm more diverse. Happy. Yes, exactly. But back then, like a couple years yeah. back, like... I know there was like only like a handful of Latinos, even people yeah. of color on yeah. campus, right? Exactly. I pretty much distanced myself from mm-hmm. everyone else because I felt like I was different. I wouldn't be able to connect with them. Um, they wouldn't be able to understand me. So it, it was just, it was tough. It was tough. And then on top of that, you know, there are instances, even if it's not like verbal, there's like silent racism yeah. that occurs. like. That's like another layer you have yeah. to like overcome and like learn how to like, you know, stand up for yourself and like, you know, how was that like if you ever had like any like encounters? Oh, no, I I did. I actually had a couple and it was just very interesting because I can I can remember one conversation or like one specific time. Call him out. Call him out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, it was during like our intro to writing mm-hmm. um and we're supposed to write a persuasive essay you know during that time like i said like my aspirations were to become a lawyer yeah. so obviously the topic that i chose uh, was on immigration yeah and i remember one specific kid that i always talked to in class because i felt comfortable with him um and he came up to me and he's like you know i don't i don't think they should like why should i why should you know we do yeah. like and he had all the stereotypes where they don't pay taxes and they don't do this and that. And I was yeah. just like, I'm about to smack you across the face. And I was like, <laughs> and that's the first instance that I was like, wow, like people actually think that way. Like, yeah. It's the first it's time. It's a true, it's a real thing. Yeah. And it was the first time that I experienced that someone believed everything that I, you know, knew that people thought about, but mm-hmm. being able to like, Someone that I like, kind of felt close to, yeah. like you know, it's like felt like I could, you know, build a relationship, mm-hmm. friendship there, and him telling me straight up to my face, being like, no, like they shouldn't, like they shouldn't, know. yeah, you know, damn, that's crazy. And it was just like I was taken back, and I was just like, wow. At that point, I was just like, I was trying to understand why he believed that, and I told yeah. him I was like not very confrontational about it. I was just like wondering, okay, so why do you think that? Like, I, I opened up i literally opened up i'm like you know you're wrong and i told them this is why because my parents are they pay taxes Mm -hmm. they work hard why shouldn't they have the opportunity they're not out here doing criminal stuff exactly um and he's like no i just don't believe because they came into this country illegally Mm. i remember i was so angry i was pissed and i was just like how can people actually believe that yeah it really just struck a nerve and it furthered me from like trying to build a relationship with other people. 
and then one of those things that at the same time like i didn't want the spotlight to be on me and, and you do feel that dude like you know when there's like these like hard issues that people are talking about in the room and you're the only person of color in the room like yeah you you know <laughs> yeah it, the spotlight yeah. is on you like what's he gonna say what's he gonna yeah. say what do you have to say about this yeah. yeah and it's uncomfortable it takes a lot of courage it does and it takes it does take a lot but at that point, like, personally, I was just, like, too far. And I was just, yeah, like, yeah. you know, moving forward, the only thing I can do is just learn from that. Yeah. And hopefully when it does, you know. Happen again. Happen again, I'll be be ready. Yeah. So you started as uh, wanting to be a lawyer. Yeah. Then you changed because I know, you know. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> I've changed. But, yeah, so I started going to my freshman year. I declared in Spanish and sociology. And it so was, actually, Spanish classes is the first time we met. Yeah, that's where we met. Yep. Spanish class. First semester. Crazy. 303, bro. Damn, that's crazy. It's a it long is. time. Long time. You know, being in, like, in ese salon, like, it almost felt, like, safe, dude. No, no, honestly, it's, like, that was... Like, that was a good place to be at, yeah. Like, you're, like come back you know release your thoughts and like be more comfortable and like because yeah. i remember like after that class i was like i'm going home i don't want to be on <laughs> yeah. campus like i'm taking off home yeah yeah no definitely and i enjoyed it like every single time i enjoyed just like i look forward to it yeah because i felt like i couldn't speak spanish because people would think that i was talking bad about the case, them. Yeah. yeah so it's like i avoided speaking spanish outside but again like because of my CERN, the way i was and the way i was like going down a spiral roll mm-hmm. i just decided that i didn't want to become a lawyer because i had doubts with my writing ability i was like what if i can't because mm-hmm. i obviously because i was struggling to really connect with my peers connecting with my professors i was struggling in class my grades weren't so good after all and i was like man if i'm not doing well in school how am i going to go to law school yeah you know, if you're a college student and, you know, like you're in college and you start testing out like your dream, you know, career yeah. and you feel like, you know, you're struggling and it's not really for you. Like, it's not bad to change. Like, you know, I started as I wanted to be an architect. Yeah. First week I moved to um, civil engineer. And then after yeah. that, those next couple of weeks, I moved to accounting. Yeah. After accounting, I moved to marketing, bro. It's crazy, like, and it's not a bad thing, you know, like, no. you get to feel like, you know, what do you really want to yeah. do, right? No, definitely. Um, if you have you have a certain dream, go for it, chase it, but allow yourself, be open to the possibility of, like, learning that this mm-hmm. is not the right thing. And for me, it wasn't like that, though. It was more of, like, you know, I was scared and, mm-hmm. you know, I was just, like, I had too much doubt. And I was yeah. like, what if I don't, like, you know, I don't want to. And it was tough. It was tough because I knew that my parents were, you know, they were already, you know, like, oh, mi, mi hijo va a ser abogado, you know. And so, and one of the things for me, it was just it was always hard to, like, really admit to them that I was struggling in school because they were used to me, you know, getting that 4.0, those, mm. all those A's, you know. I couldn't tell them that I was struggling because I was like, I, I just can't. I just can't, can't. yeah. So it was, it was hard because, like, I felt like I was lying to my parents, you know, the people that I'm closest to. Mm-hmm. And then going back to school and having to put, like, a face that I wasn't struggling school yeah. either. After that, I made the decision that I need to switch. Um, and like I said earlier, I've always been really good at math. Mm-hmm. And... One of the things, my sophomore year, 
I took a business in or into the business mm -hmm. and the and all the business all the all the business professors came in so marketing uh -huh. you know accounting finance okay. um when they came and talked about their the majors for each one I was really intrigued by accounting um by the fact that one of the things that he said one of the career paths that I could go to was to become a lawyer Mm. And I was thinking, I was like, you know, I still have the possibility to become a lawyer with, you know. It's like that little spinita you still Yeah, have. exactly. So I was like, you know, if I ever want to pursue that, you know. Yeah. I, have the, I would have the degree. And I love numbers. And, you know, one of the things that I looked at accounting was growing up, I was like, I was always fascinated by doing puzzles like I was always like you know just being able to like all these pieces put them in like make them into like a picture right mm. and that's what I thought about counting was like you have to know where to place specific numbers mm. so all these transactions all these financial statements can flow together mm. um so I decided to do it did it the first <laughs> I didn't pass the first time with the first accounting one. Mm, financial. Yeah, financial accounting. Um, and I was so bummed out. I was like, I was freaking out. I was like, what am I going to do now? And you have people, you know, like yeah. investing in you. Yeah, guys. and I still have that. It, it hurt me to be brutally honest with them. Like, you know what, I'm not doing this well. But every time receiving or getting a call from them, like, hey, we still believe in you, Christian. You know? Yeah. That was like, that was, it hurt me the most because I was like, how can you still mm -hmm. support me when I'm like not doing mm -hmm. what I promised you guys I was going to do, mm -hmm. achieve what, you know, I told you guys I was going to set out to do. So it hurt. It really did hurt when I didn't pass my first accounting class because it was the first time I cried in a long time. Mm -hmm. I remember... I saw this exam score and I was just like, my heart dropped. Like, I had to hold myself in the classroom and I'm walking and just thinking repeatedly, like, I'm a failure. Like, I failed. Like, and I remember walking to my, you know, my dorm and I'm like, I had to, cr I had to, like, my two roommates were there. Like, hey, Christian, how you doing? I'm like, you know, I'm doing good. And I walked into my <laughs> room. And I just like laid there, bro. Laid there, looked up in like the ceiling. And I started crying, and I was like, "What am I gonna do?" Like, honestly, that's the point where I really thought I was gonna like drop out and mm. walk away from it um, because I felt like I was a huge failure, you know. Dang. So, so then, you know, like you went back and you did it again and you passed. No, definitely. So I. You know, I really appreciate my roommate. He pretty much said, he's like, you have too much writing on this. He's like, you can't give up. And he's like, I know that you, you, you know, that's not who you are. Mm. Um, so decided to grind it out. Second semester, took that class again and killed it. Nice. Did well. And I was like, and I was, I just couldn't believe it myself. It was like one of those things that. I got confidence again. Mm. It's like, I actually can do this, you know? Yeah. So we lived together when you were a junior. So. My third year. My third yeah. year, yes. So we lived together when, in your third year. 
Um, and it was crazy because even your third year, like, you know, I remember like you would stay up like super late. Yeah. Had to do homework, wake up super early again. And then at the same time, you were working. Yeah. Yeah. You were working. You know, was it all the way in Portland or were we working? Subway. And then I did have a side gig on the yeah. weekends. Yeah. You were taking accounting, which is yeah. not easy at all. Um, and then on top of that, you had a job at Subway yeah. and on the weekends you worked. Yeah. That's so. crazy, dude. Like, yeah. So I guess fast forward a little, like you get to your last year of college and you're yeah. thinking like, shit, it's really going to happen. Like I'm going to yeah. walk. Yeah. I'm going to walk. I'm graduating. Like what's going through your mind or like your last semester? Like, am I going to get a job? Like what's the next move? <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things about me is that. Sometimes I'm too focused on the goal at hand. A lot of like a lot of the counting students like one, after your junior year you get offers for senior yeah. year, you know. Right after your graduation you start. I didn't go through that process because I was like I want to focus on school. Like mm. it takes time. It takes yeah. effort to like go to all these recruiting. So yeah, that's my that was my decision. And I was like I'll find a job later, you know. So I did have an internship um on their tax side as a uh, intern <laughs> an appraiser okay resident appraiser which um, is really good experience right which was great experience to great exposure to the tax side to understand how homes are appraised in portland mm-hmm. um the ability to like you know improve my skills my writing skills um but as well as my communication skills mm-hmm. and then your last year you did um the eli yes internship so so eli um eli it's it's uh it's emerging leaders internship yeah and they are under the umbrella of um the portland leadership foundation which is now the contingent yeah um they just rebrand <laughs> so basically eli what eli does is um it connects um young talent of color yeah. in the portland area and it gives them the opportunity to interview at different companies in the area um nike adidas um Whiting and kennedy and you know, like it, the basically the whole purpose of it, you know, is to make sure that um people of color are being represented in these companies, and you know, in hopes that one day people of color like fill in these leadership positions to better reflect like the actual demographics here in Portland. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So you did Eli. Want to talk a little bit about that? No, definitely. It was uh, actually it was a. Uh, I was hesitant to do it too. Mm-hmm. You know. Cause that again, the application was due during you know the school year. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what, I'm not gonna do it. You know, um, don't worry about it. But I had a friend that pushed me hmm. that day. I had, I had almost I had like a little bit of the application completed. Uh-huh. But a friend was like, you know, Christian, you have to do it. Like you gotta do it. And I remember the day it was due. You know, me and him sat down in the library. Uh-huh. And we were able to submit the application, and I really do appreciate that friend. Shout out to Fernando, because he really, he really did push me that day, and because of him, I was able to land a internship at PG as a internal auditor. Nice, and that was this past summer. It was this past summer, so it was it was a great experience. It was I'm not gonna forget it. Um, and I, I remember we talked too, like. As soon as you got it, like you told me, you're like, hey, I got an internship. Yeah. PGE internal audit. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's crazy. Like, no. and I remember we had a lunch at Whiting, yeah. right? And the yeah. roof. And yeah. 
we're talking, we're like, damn, bro, like, you know, a couple of years ago, we're like, you know, like we were just in college, we we're living together. Yeah. We would have never thought that we'd be in this position, you know, for us to be sitting, you know, like at Wyden and then like you just getting, you know, the offer for PG, yeah. like that's crazy. Bro. It was crazy yeah. to me. I'm like, yeah. It's crazy, <laughs> it's crazy how life works, you know, it's crazy how, you know, like destiny works and all the hard work. Yeah. Crazy. It, it was crazy. So. Yeah, and then, you know, after that, you know, there was, there was an opportunity for me to continue at PG, but I didn't ask for it. Again, mm -hmm. I didn't stand up for it. But at the end of the day, I regret it. It's one of those things that you just learn. You live and you learn. You live and you learn. And you're like a first-generation college student. Exactly. Postgraduate. Yeah. You're just going through this the yeah. first time, right? Yeah. You don't really exactly. have someone telling you, like, do it like this, do it like that. Do it. Yeah. Just tell them this much. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. So, you know, my manager was like telling me, she's like, you know what, this is what you did this summer. And looking at the list, I was like, wow, I actually did that. And, you know, she's complimenting how much I did mm -hmm. and how how much like, you know, she noticed that I put in a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, I really do appreciate, you know, the work you did and everybody does. Like, wherever you do, you're going to be really successful. And she just gave me some advice. She's like, you know, you have to stand up for yourself and ask for what you want. And I think she made it very clear that she knew that I wanted to ask for an extension. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't going to push it until I said something. Mm. Um, so it's one of those areas that you, like you said, live and learn. And if you want something, go for it and ask for it and be vocal about it. Mm. Um, the worst thing that you say is going to be no. And that's part of it. But to live with that, what if? Yeah, it's not a good feeling. Mm. Um, but I am grateful for where I'm at right now. Uh -huh. And yeah, so tell me, like, kindergarten, like, what do you do? Uh, yeah. How long ago did you start? You know, like, you don't have to get like yeah, no, definitely, no, no, for sure. Um, so yeah, so after, so I ended my internship with PG in September. And from September till pretty much to December, I was applying, you know, I was applying to places here and there. Um, again, I was just like, and I was still working at the car wash on the weekends. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to full time. I was like, you know, I still have a job so I can look for something like I'm not too worried about finances. Um, and I was like, I don't have to pay my loans until December. So I'm good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I have time. I was able to connect with some of the recruiters through LinkedIn mm. and they're like, Hey, like, let me talk to you, like, see what you are, like, what are you looking for mm -hmm. and get to know me a little bit better. Mm -hmm. You know, I did the interview and she's like, okay, I'll send you some like, you know, positions are available mm -hmm. that we're looking forward to fill. And she's like, Hey, I have one in particular that I think you might like. And she's like, it's kinder care. Mm -hmm. And I've had, I've known this about kindergarten because during my time at PG, mm -hmm. I, um, I was looking before I was, you know, I was ending my internship. They're like, hey, are you applying to places? Like, can we help you? Um, mm -hmm. And one of the roles that kindergarten we were looking for was in accounting one, accounting mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. And I applied um, with the help of my manager and they're like, they had a contact there. So, you know, networking. Mm -hmm. um, but even with that, I was still kind of was rejected. So mm -hmm. I, I was like kind of doubtful of, of applying to this place because I was like, I already got rejected mm -hmm. once. 
I really don't want to get rejected twice. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I was like, okay, you know what? What is the position for? Like a billing specialist. Um, and so billing specialist just pretty much focused on accounts receivable. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know, parents owe. This is specifically for, well, they have like three services, right? They have uh, childcare. Mm-hmm. They have learning centers. And they have before and after school program. I need some of that childcare. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> but yeah, so the department I'm working in is champions of the before and after school program. Mm. So in that, I was just going to be responsible for pretty much like doing manual process. So if a certain family needed to be billed or their billing was done incorrect or we billed them for the wrong amount, mm-hmm. I would be doing it. Right. Mm. So I interviewed, it went really well. And that time I was like about to go to Mexico because I didn't know when I was going to go visit again mm-hmm. um, and go pick up my grandpa to bring him to the States. Yeah, I remember going to Mexico and I don't have service at all. Mm. But we were going to Mexico City because uh-huh. that's where I was going to take my plane. We were on the bus and right in the morning when we got to Mexico City, my phone finally got service. Oh, damn. My phone blew up with emo saying, you know, from the recruiter, hey, you know, Kindercare really like you. Um, they want to offer you the position. Mm. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like, finally got someone to, like, say yes. They're offering me a position. Mm-hmm. I was excited. But at the same time, I was like, but do I really want to get this position? Do I want to be in this position or should I keep on looking for something mm-hmm. uh, like a level entry accountant, you know? And so I talked to the recruiter, I talked to my mentor and I was like, Hey, well, I'm, I'm kind of stuck. It's just for me after talking to them, I was like, you know what, this is going to be a good opportunity. Like, you know, and just need experience. Right. You know, that was just the beginning. You know, I started off because they, within this the department, they have two mm-hmm. groups, mm-hmm. one that supports like the main, billing specialist mm. and so I started with the second group where I was just going to be supporting them that was my role was just like pretty much doing the grunt work mm. and now I'm officially a billing specialist one and I'll be taking over markets so nice. I'm going to be taking over two states that's what mm. we call markets I have Arizona and Ohio mm. so what I'm going to be doing pretty much is I'm going to be contact in close contact with uh-huh. a lot of these people that are deal with <clears throat> families or make sure that these programs yeah. are running smoothly and i'm going to be supporting them in the way awesome. where you know i have to fix anything any issues with billing but at the same time my main job is to make sure that subsidy goes through like mm-hmm. that's the, my responsibility making sure that the government is paying us and we're charging the families correctly mm-hmm. i like this position because it's not only going to allow me to really work on my communication, mm-hmm. my oral, but as well as my written, mm. um, being able to be concise mm. and be to the point. Because I feel like us Latinos and Latinas have uh, and Latinx, Latinx uh-huh. have this thing about like telling a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it just goes and goes and yeah, circles. Yeah, <laughs> Um, and I feel like I noticed myself doing that. Yeah. So You're I think doing it right now, yeah, maybe <laughs> I take this as an opportunity to grow mm-hmm. and learn. That's good. Okay. Um, well, Christian, first of all, you know, 
thank you so much for your time um and you know for being able to share your story and what it was like you know um having immigrant parents and like growing up in portland you know going to a private you know a private christian school um and all the struggles that you had like to overcome to get to the point that you are now right and it was a lot of hard work a lot of dedication um and there was a lot of support you know that you've had from a lot of people so just want to say thank you for your time and um for joining me in the first podcast <laughs> no, no pressure right but no i appreciate you and definitely i think this is going to be a great thing and i think i'm i want to like i said like i'm here to help people and i think just being able to share my story hopefully like help others with mm-hmm. just you know sharing what i've learned yeah and what i experienced and i think you know it's a journey life is a journey yeah. And as long as you, like I said, like as long as you know what you want to do, what you you're passionate about, and you remember what you want to do, like, cool. Um. So last section of the podcast. Um. First, first part is what are your goals? Like some simple goals that you have. Um. What is your goal in five years? And then like your like, yeah. you know, your life goal. What's yeah. Your, your big goal. Um. And then la receta. So everyone listening um so la receta it's you know la receta they has like different ingredients and like you know like different stuff to make the dish right yeah um so what was your receta like what are like what were the like the ingredients okay. yeah. what are like the like um the things that ha- that went into you know like making who you are today and like getting you to where you are now yeah all right well let's start with my goals i guess um in the next five years what i want to do is to be a certified CPA. The next step should be taking the CPA exam. Yeah. So that's what definitely in the next five years, hopefully become certified. Mm. Um, I do know that I wanna help people. Mm. And I know with accounting, there's so many ways to help people. Yeah. Um, that could be from, you know, doing people's taxes to, you know, helping people like understand their financial statements if they own their mm. own businesses. I hope to buy my new a house. Mm. Um, you know, my parents have never been able to really save yeah. up. Um, they always live check to check. Mm-hmm. And I know my mom has always joked about this, but she's like, when are you going to buy me my, my house? Mi casa. Mi casa. Cuando vas a comer mi casa? And it, I think it'll be something that the least I can repay my yeah. parents is being able to like, hey, this is our own house like you know we can have parties we can have like everything that you know we couldn't do when i was young but being able to like tell them hey come over here you can make as much as you much noise you want you can have to compares you know (laughs) yeah exactly you know and that's something that at least i can do is Mm -hmm. do that you're so close yeah and i'm close you know and i i feel like that's what I want to do. Like next ten years, like be able to like you know help my parents ease off mm. from working too much. You can never really repay what your parents yeah, have done. You can't. And I think just by showing that and continuing to be working hard and achieving the goals, I think that's how I'm gonna repay yeah. them. So, and the second one I think would be remembering, remembering your why. Mm. Um, I think for me, sometimes it was just like knowing that I had the support and I didn't want to, me personally, it was just like, I don't want to 
um, disappoint people mm-hmm. that believe in me. Mm-hmm. And it could be different for people, for mm-hmm. other people. I should have done this, but now I've been doing it, but writing, writing it down. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? And looking at it during the hard times, you're going to help help you push through those rough times that's my second ingredient and third is just having friends Mm. having good friends friends that are going to push you Mm. um you know surround yourself with people that are like-minded that are going to push you that's going to tell you straight up when you're fucking up yeah when you're you're slacking Mm. um that's 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 the friends that you want Um, being honest i think just being honest like I think for me, the hardest thing was to be honest with my parents, mm. but I think it's going to help you too, mm. help the person, like help you become a better person, help you overcome struggles mm. um, and help you get through college. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Damn, bro, I really appreciate that. appreciate your time. Um, thank you so much for sharing this. No, awesome. thank you for having me. Thanks, bro. Thank you for tuning in. La Receta is produced by myself, Miguel Lopezista, Sarita Wesley, and Lucy Dwyer from Wyden & Kennedy. Sound editing by Natalie Hazenga for joint editorial.